Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to the Big Honker Podcast. We appreciate everybody that is tuning in. Hunting season is off and running. It is full steam ahead, and I am getting tired. Uh, we do appreciate all the downloads. Listen, this podcast is brought to you by the one and only Pacific Custom Calls, the boys up there in Washington. Got a hell of a little business going on up there. They treat their customers right, and they have a hell of a product. If you are in the market for a new duck call, new goose call, maybe a speckle belly call, they make the best speckle belly call, the 530. It's the easiest speckle belly call on the market to blow right now, and the PCD is the best duck call. So if you are looking for a stocking stuffer or anything of the nature, check them out, pacificcustomcalls.com, and uh, you can get whatever you want. Get it customized, and they can ship it straight to your door. Maybe you want a nice little engraving on it. They can do that. No problem at all. Check them out, PacificCustomCalls.com. This podcast is brought to you by the one and only Shin Gear Waiters. It is time you experience waiters that are built better. Oh, man. The first time I pulled those things up, felt those boots. It's insane. unreal. It's like walking on clouds. <coughs> They're warm. It built. is. It's, just, it's ridiculous. The best part about Shin Gear products is they will stand behind their products as long as you stand in them. So if you have any problems at all, you just contact them. You send the waiters off. They'll get them back to you in a timely manner. Customer service goes a long way, and Shin Gear is taking that, taking that to heart. So if you are in the market for waiters, check out ShinGear.com, and you can find waiters that are finally built better. This podcast is also brought to you by Goose Creek Retrievers, Stoner's Boy up there in Maryland. Oh, Matthew, Matthew, Matthew. What a guy. Loves dogs, loves training them. Has a nice compound on there. Doesn't take any slack on them. Make sure they're built to perform when needed. It's Before. insane the dogs he's putting out right now. Man, I mean, I they're just you, high caliber. Some of the days when I go and help him, it's just like... Like, I comprehend how you make these dogs do it, but it's like, how in the world do you make these dogs do these things? <laughs> He's a hard worker. He's he burning is. down the road. He's going to the hunt tests, field trials, and all that good stuff right now. If, uh, if, if you're needing a dog, if you're wanting a puppy, you can contact Matt. If, uh, if you're wanting to send your dog off and get it professionally trained, you can also contact Matt. Look him up on Instagram at Goose Creek Retrievers, and uh, you never know. Stoner might be throwing bumpers for your dog in the office. could be true. could be true. Hard-working individual, so we appreciate him being associated with this podcast. We're also brought to you by Eyesight Drones. Listen, it is 2021. There is no sense in you not knowing the lay of your land. They have LIDAR detection. Uh, they can come over and uh, scan your fields. They actually just uh, they looked at a, a farmer's field. He wanted, to, he wanted a pond, and they figured out exactly how much dirt to move from exactly the spot to move it, and... Lo and behold, he's got a duck pond now. So, 2021, get ahead of the curb. Uh, have these people inspect your land with a LIDAR, American-made drone, and, uh, you know, get ahead of the times. Great people over there at Eyesight Drones. We're also brought to you by Bangtail Whiskey. Smooth. Smooth, smooth as smooth. a baby's bottom. I make my whiskey sours out of it. It's the best when you can get it. It's hard to find right now because of, uh, thanks a lot, Joe Biden, but, it is what it is. When you can find it in stores, you need to buy it up. It's in liquor stores here and there, or you can order it online. They'll send it straight to your door. Easy as that, as long as you're 21 and older. Drink responsibly. Drink Banktail responsibly. whiskey. Uh, we're also brought to you by Dive Bomb Industries. It is time to get skinny. No more full bodies. The boys is, over there. They're great. 
they're killing it right they're now. They're killing it. Growing every year. I don't, I don't think there's anybody in the industry that comes close to the amount of effort and dedication that they put to in their product or getting out there, seeing the people that use their product, getting to know everybody. I think they'll be here, what, this week with us? They'll be here this week. Kyle and Forrest will be here this week testing their products. Um, they're constantly innovating, and that's something that's important whenever you're whenever you're tying yourself to a brand. And Dive Bomb is constantly innovating. We had guys just uh, just a couple days ago, they always hunt over full bodies. They ordered 20 dozen Dive Bombs in the yep, blind. Right from the blind. And, I mean, they're just like, it's, it's just so easy. You can set out so many decoys, and there's no effort. So... It's time. It's time to hop on the silhouette train and uh, experience what Dive Bomb can do for you. That's DiveBombIndustries.com. We're also brought to you by Boss Shot Shells. Hits like a freight train. All American made. Copper plated bismuth. The way to go. That stuff will take you to the train station. It will take you to the train station. I mean, just thumps them. No, No gun usually malfunctions with shots. I've always had consistency with them. They shoot good. They pattern good. and I mean, they just make life easier in the blind. Make life easier for Lou. It's crazy how many people are shooting it, too. It seems like everybody we have, somebody's shooting boss, or multiple people are shooting boss. 90% of the customers that we've had so far have probably shot boss. That's just I'm picking up holes in the morning, it's like, well, here's another one, here's another one, here's another one. That's a testament to their product because the shotgun shell market is not easy to break into. Like, people don't just make a shotgun shell and no. people just start buying it in masses. So, they've got a brand. They've got a good brand. They've got a great product. And uh, people are eating it up. So, uh, you can check them out, BossShotShells.com. Do not wait, though. If you need shotgun shells, you better order them quick because supplies are very limited this year. Check their Facebook page. They're usually posting on the fan page of what they're running that week or that day. and. Just get on the waiting list and get in line for them. BossShotShells.com. We're also brought to you by Dirty Duck Coffee. If your coffee sucks, it's not the duck. It's how we start our morning every morning out here at the Big Honker Lodge with a fresh, hot, steamy pot of Dirty Duck Coffee. I'll tell you. So I had COVID last year. My taste is still altered. The Missouri Boat Ride Coffee is the only coffee that I can drink. Just gives you life. It just gives me life. It's great. It's a sweet aroma. It's delicious. So... I know I'm not the only one because I've talked to a lot of people that have said, hey, my taste is also altered after COVID. The Missouri Boat Ride Coffee, the way to go. It is delicious. Um, They've also got sweet-looking swag, so if you are wanting to represent Dirty Duck, uh, head over to their pro shop, dirtyduckcoffee.com, and you can get a shirt, hoodie, hat, whatever. they got some good-looking merchandise over there that I really, really like. So... um, Check them out over there at Dirty Duck Coffee, and you can get coffee just shipped straight to your door. We're also brought to you by Lucky Duck, the maker of the best spinners and A-frames that are on the market right now. Hands down. I mean, <laughs> nothing simpler and better and well-built than the Lucky Ducks, two-by-fours especially. Just when clients can figure them out in a matter yeah. of seconds and put them up, that's when you know that's what you got. That's what, you, that's what guys need. That's right. Durable, good, well-put, and built machines. Fits four grown men, plenty of room to spare. Uh, you can put it, you know, we, we hunt at the pivot head with them, blends right in, uh, tops come together nicely. It's just, it's well built. The pockets are a nice accessory. Uh, it's all just a home run in my mind. So the Lucky Duck 2x4 blind, if you're in the market for an A-frame, look no more. Uh, also have fantastic spinners. We just got to load in today. Waterproof, so if they take a spill... It's not that big of a deal. Pull them out, shake them off, turn them back on. 
Let them let it let her eat. You can check them out at luckyduckpremiumdecoys.com and you can order whatever you're needing for. They've also got dog crates, five star crash test rated. That's what lose big ass rides in every day. So if it's good enough for my dog, it's damn sure good enough for your mutt. <laughs> Luckyduck.com. <clears throat> We're also brought to you by Gundog Outdoors. Alex Langbell has spent a lifetime as a first responder. He has tailored the field trauma kit to what he has seen out in the field. Every guide should have at least one field trauma kit in their blind bag. If you have a vehicle, you should probably keep one in your vehicle because you can stop bleeding. You can warm somebody up. It's got uh, sutures, gauze pads, gauze pads, staples, you name it. It's what everybody needs. The hunting is a dangerous sport. You need to be prepared for if something happens, even if it's just a, a simple cut. Yep. And I finally I met Alex up at the uh, game fair in Minnesota this year, and you can tell he really takes a lot and passion into the product that he's trying to put out and the people that use it. And he's willing to explain and talk to you about everything that he has in there. And also the uh, the quick release system, great product. Um, you know, if you have Lou likes to go when the shot is called, so I put the quick release system on him. Pull that little thing whenever it's go time, and it's easy enough for him. So if your dog also likes to maybe go before the shot is called, check him out, Gun Dog Outdoors. We're also brought to you by the Looking Glass Duck Club podcast. Oh, oh, oh my boys. Mr. Logan Pyatt, Rebel Heron. Talk about more salt of the earth people. <laughs> Good like people. Maybe salt on the rim of a margarita because those boys <laughs> like to drink. I'm excited to go to Mexico with Logan. I don't know if I'm going to be able to live for four <laughs> days with Logan Pyatt in Mexico. Hilarious podcast. Check them out on Patreon. Uh, it's like, what, seven bucks a month and something yeah, like that? A minimum, seven dollars a month. So for all you smokers out there, one less pack of cigarettes a month, listen to the Looking Glass Dog Club. That's right. You just head over to Patreon, uh, pay your seven dollars a month. You can get their entire library. All the full episodes. Their bourbon reviews are for free on wherever you listen to your podcast, so you can check them out there. But if you want to hear some of the more juicy stuff, donate to their Patreon. You're good to go. That is the Looking Glass Duck Club podcast. We're also brought to you by Steak Plains Meats. Beef prices are ridiculous right now. Unreal. So uh, if you can do it and you have the freezer space and the financial means, you should look into buying bulk. Price per pound, it's way cheaper. The quality of meat is fantastic. You can check them out. Steak, plains, meats. They'll also, if you shoot a deer, they'll also butcher your deer, elks, whatever. You just drop it off and they can take care of you. It also makes a lot more sense if you can't just initially bite the bullet on a, you know, whole beef, half beef. You know, get two or three guys to go in on it. There you go. Split it up. Split it up. Because trust me, it is a ton of meat. So it might not be a bad idea to get a couple people in on the deal and split that meat up, make it go a little bit faster. That is at Steak Plains Meat. Last but not least, we're brought to you by the one and only Stanfield Hunting Outfitters. We are seven days a week out here. The best time of year is finally here. All the guides are showing up, and uh, hunting is pretty good right now. It's It's been good, knock on wood. Knock on wood. We're, Keep the we're, train rolling. If you're wanting a goose date, you better call in a hurry because this year is pretty well gone. But I thought Jeff said today he <laughs> might have two or three days left that he can work people in. So you better call. It's a good problem to have. So if you're wanting to hunt with us this year, get on the ball. Um, we are actually taking bookings for – we had a group today booked for 2023. So um, They rebook for next year and then rebook to rebook <laughs> for next year after that. <laughs> so uh, if you want on the books, give us a holler, 940-658-3172, or email 
gooseatwesttex.net. All right, this episode of the podcast, we are joined by Brandon Bing and Megan Patrick. They are Nashville recording artists, and uh, they're out here hunting with us. It's a great, great conversation. Uh, we talk about uh, the music industry and, you know, that whole, uh, that whole life. So it is, it's a lot of fun, and we hope that you enjoy it. Here they are, Brandon Bing and Megan Patrick. Big Honker Podcast brought to you by Bangdale Whiskey. I'm Jeff Stanfield. Bangtail. See, I told you. I knew it. I knew it. I knew it. I knew it. Bangdale. Bangdale. Bangtail Whiskey. You've only said it a million times, and it, here it is all for all the marbles. And I fucked and it up again. Botch it. I'm Jeff Stanfield with the world fucking famous Andy Shaver. Are you sure? Yeah. Well, I don't think you're world famous, but uh, it's, it's stuck. You're the one that says it every day. With us today in Studio A at the Big Honker Lodge. From Samsula, Florida, Mr. Brandon Bing. And from Bowmanville, Ontario, <laughs> Megan Patrick. Nailed it. I did. That mm-hmm. part. <laughs> now. But- butchered everything else. You're the new lady here, or new one on the podcast. You're a lady hunter. Yes. You're from Canada. Yep. I watched one of your videos last night. Okay. It was the video uh, about the dude... Bow, bow, chicky, wow, wow. What is that? Oh, God. Like my first single ever. That's a good song. I like that. Okay. What is that? Bow, chicky, what's it? Bow, chicky, wow, wow. Do you still play that in concert all the time? No, not Why? really. I mean, it's just, it's an old song. It was the first single I ever played. I mean, if I if I go back to Canada, I'll probably play it because it was kind of my first big, like, introduction to country, I guess. Was that Canada. the dude? Was you dating that dude that you was on? No. No, no, he was just a he was just a hired gun. Just eye candy. Yeah. So like, <laughs> I always think of when I see a music video, like Brandon, when you watch a video and you see some hot chicks in the video, you're thinking, I bet he's sleeping with her. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. So do you have guys have tryouts like that for the girl singers, or is that just on the other end? I mean, honestly, most of the time, it's whoever is directing the video usually just hires people, and I either say yay or nay. But um, did yeah. you ask to see his abs or anything? No, I, I that was my first video ever. So I was I was not super hands-on because I was so new to it. So they just kind of set everything up, and I just showed up and looked pretty and sang. So, <laughs> so Brandon, would you like to you, – you'd want to check them out first, wouldn't you? I mean, yeah. <laughs> no, I mean, that's just normal. I mean, yeah. <laughs> you got to know what you're working with. I think so, too. I mean yeah. – So I was watching that, and I was wondering if I was like your boyfriend. Because Kenny Chesney's first video he ever did, uh, Orange Ball in the – what's the name of that freaking song? What's Kenny Chesney? The Orange Ball in the Water. Uh, God dang it. Toes – what? Toes in – No. No. Orange ball, whatever, water, uh, whatever the fuck it was. Anyways, that was his girlfriend at college. Okay, that was in a video with him. Like the girl got sick that was going to be there, and he's like, "Well, hell, we'll put my girlfriend in." That's what I've always been told. Who knows? Yeah, I've never. Uh, I mean, most of the videos I've shot, I've been in a relationship with somebody else. So, I mean, if I'd been single, I might have put a little more thought into who I was casting. You know, now is that <laughs> awkward? With uh, you got the on screen. Now, how long does so a music video, a, mu- yeah. a song is what three and a half minutes, four minutes? So, yeah. how long does it take? 
to shoot a music video? Uh, it depends. A lot of the ones, if I'm, you know, in the whole video, like it depends how active I am in the video. Mm-hmm. I mean, a lot of the times I'm shooting for like 12, 14 hours straight like so, in one day. So you'll do it all in a day. Yeah. So you're, you're not really creating, you know, the thing that I can see is like on a movie set, you're there for three months with the person. So right. you, like you get this kind of on screen romance and that yeah. translates over. But on a music video, it'd probably be hard to oh, do. She, she yeah. wasn't having romance in this video. I, I understand. No. But I'm asking, <laughs> is it awkward whenever you've got the on screen boyfriend yeah. and you've got another boyfriend at home? Yes. Um, I mean, in, in the past, it has been the the I would say like the raciest video I've ever done uh-huh. was the, probably the one of the only videos I've ever shot while I wasn't in a relationship. Okay. Um, the guy, the actor was great, but it was still pretty awkward. Like you're just kind of forcing intimacy, like mm-hmm. in front of a bunch of people and cameras. So you're like, you were kissing on this guy. Uh, we didn't we didn't kiss, but we were like we were right. you know in each other's face. We were on a, on a bed yeah. and everything. It was dry pretty, humping is the word. Yes, correct. <laughs> okay. Abs- there was definitely you know over the shirt, over roping, the shirt, um, real classy. He was but, trying to mount. <laughs> yeah. Can but you yeah, imagine I've, having <laughs> that job as a guy? Oh my god! Hey, we're gonna pay you a thousand dollars a day. Just grab her by the back. Yep, and dry hump this chick. Dry Humper. And over the shirt, right through the mm-hmm. denim. Yeah, I don't. I don't know what the terminology is with the kids these days. Is that like second base or mm, what? I have a clue. <laughs> when I was in high school, that was a home run as far as that. <laughs> I went there, people. <laughs> so that's the. So when you do these videos with this stuff, mm-hmm. and it's your song, it's your music, <clears throat> it's about you. Mm-hmm. But the story portrayed is a, is an extra. Like this on the Bow Chicky Bow Wow. Mm-hmm. It's about this lady. Who, that was pretty plain that fell in love with the hot dude with the abs and the long hair. <laughs> yeah. But you were on stage singing the song. It was about you, but who comes up with these ideas? Was this your idea for this kind of video or was it theirs? No. Um, I mean, especially in like, I mean, like I said, that's the first video I ever did. So it's pretty old. And like a lot of the earlier videos, usually that was the director. Generally, when we go to do a video, we will reach out to multiple directors, producers, and they'll send what's called a treatment. So they'll give you like, kind of a storyline of what their vision is and they'll use some like visual um like pictures for color and just like the cinematography side to kind of show you what the look is going to be and then usually I just pick the treatment that I like the best um but the last I would say like I think it's like six videos I've done with the same director Sean um and he's awesome and it's that's been a lot more collaborative and I've been more like on hands-on with those videos but in the beginning I was so green to that whole thing I mean I'd been playing in bands and being a musician for a long time but like shooting an actual music video was kind of a new world for me so I've always I just felt super awkward <laughs> most of the time I've noticed that in Nashville and I'm and I'm assuming it's only Nashville because Nashville's pretty unique because there's mm-hmm. not really a place for pop music that's a town like that mm-hmm. there's so many people like y'all that are great musicians Great entertainers. They just need the break mm-hmm. to be on the, to, to be the headliner. Yeah. And there's thousands of y'all there. Yeah. Is it? Is it? Do you ever feel like it's just it's never going to happen? Um, or do you realize you're living your dream and getting to get paid to go sing and entertain? I mean, I would say most of the time, you know, it, I just kind of try and see the positive and remind myself that I I am making a living and paying my bills off of music, which is awesome. Um, but like the last two years with COVID and everything, that was really frustrating. I love being on the road. I love playing live shows. That's, I would say that's my biggest strength as an artist. Um, so I really missed being able to do that. And 
I felt like my career was really suffering for it because I've never been big on social media stuff. You know, the whole TikTok thing blew up and I just totally resented it and like didn't really want to get on board with it. But I eventually had to because I was like, this is the only way I can kind of keep my career moving forward. But during those times, that was probably the first time in like maybe my whole life that I actually considered like, oh, my gosh, like what if I can't do this? You know, what if I don't have what it takes? But at this point, I'm like, shit, I'm too old to start over doing something else. So <laughs> I better just figure it out and make it work. <laughs> I always wondered about that because there's guys that Willie Nelson is not a great singer. No. There's nobody out there that said, you know, Willie, boy, he's got a damn good voice. Neil Young either, but he's one of my no, favorites. But, but, but there's a lot of people like that. Mm -hmm. And it's so it's not always the best singer that gets the breaks. No. There's so many things that, I mean, honestly, I think a big part of it is is personality and like, sounds like cheesy to say, but your brand, yeah. you know, mm -hmm. people, because the, the artists that have longevity and success in the long run, you know, it comes from people not only buying their music or a song or that they've written, it's they're buying into the whole person, their whole personality, their lifestyle, everything. You know, that's what makes people, that's what makes people lifelong fans. What, so take me into, so we're finally seeing live concerts again. What do y'all do during COVID? Like, do you just, do you put your head down and write? Um, you said, you know, you kind of tackled social media and started putting yourself out that way. What's your approach to like, now, you know, you're, you're, you go in, if you're on the road or whatever, everything's shut down. You can't get in the studio. So like, what do you do to keep your sanity? You, yeah. What do you do, Brandon? I mean, mine. Uh, and I know you've got a second yeah, business. Yeah, I got a couple other things going. Mine was a little different. I had a chance over the last year and a half, like Megan was saying, like we had to self-reflect. -re and mm -hmm. me and her were kind of talking about it yesterday um, on the drive into town. You know, we were just like, you know, what do we have to do to kind of almost like reinvent yourself and maintain the consistency with your brand? And, uh you know, she was, I remember all last year, I used to, she'd hop online and I would watch when she would um, do those lives on mm -hmm. Instagram and, you know, Facebook, different, you know, uh, streaming platforms to engage with her, her fan base because they couldn't see her in person. And she was so, like she says, she's such a great performer. She's always been out in the eye of the public and engaging with them. So it was different when you're sitting there, you know, looking at yourself on a screen and you're mm -hmm. playing basically just to yourself, right. even though there's people watching you. Um, so things like that. And then, of course, you know, trying to hop on any type of podcast or any type of opportunities to get, like, interviews um, mm -hmm. just to keep people in the know so they knew that you were still working behind the scenes because right. they couldn't see new music necessarily if you couldn't get in the studio because there was limitations on studio musicians interacting with each other. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. And then there was a lot of musicians, you know, that, you know, I'm sure you as well, you know, we both can probably speak on that. At, you know, we weren't, they didn't want to come into the studio mm -hmm. because maybe they had pre-existing Right. conditions out of fear um for me though you know i spent that time to write a lot and um that gave me a lot of a perspective i'm really finding like my uh my sound and what vein i'm trying to establish as a niche you know within the industry um right. and then also you know with my whiskey company you know with bangtail and also mm -hmm. with my all-american solar company that that kept me busy because i was able to you know to deal with those projects and keep income coming in which you know, unlike Megan, like she was mentioning, you know, not being able to play shows, you know, we tell people all the time, you know, we don't really make a whole lot of money when it comes to, you know, streams. I mean, if you have a, if a viral hit or something monetizes on like YouTube or Facebook, you can make money or TikTok. 
or someone like donates on like a Patreon account, right? But other than that, you know, it's it's asses and seats and merchandise. Mm-hmm. That's where yeah. we make it, and you have to put it all on the stage. You know, as far as giving these people, whether it's five, ten, fifteen more dollars a ticket, giving the best, uh, you know, um, you know, show for their money, and hopefully, you know, uh, meet as many of them as you can so that they can buy merch and get autographs and want to come again and tell their friends. Mm-hmm. I wonder how many musicians, just people in the entertainment industry gave up during covid just like fuck it i can't do it this, yeah. the, I, I, this is an unclimbable mountain at this point i think like i know that i mean i was it was definitely a very tough couple years for me but there you know there were a lot of even newer artists than me that came to town and they were relying on income you know working in bars or like playing on broadway with all of which kind of got taken away for yeah. a long time. And I know there was, there was a lot of people that had to like pack up and, you know, move back home or whatever. And I definitely, I feel for those artists, um, you know, thankfully the, the Broadway playing for tips part of my career was in the past, but it was still, it was still definitely a struggle. And, and I think it was just also like coming up into 2020 like I had already been on the road I already had a really big year just inside of January February I uh, was on a tour with Old Dominion and in Mm -hmm. Canada and actually just had my first headlining tour in Canada and we were crushing it and then all of a sudden everything just came to a screeching halt and at first it was you know oh two weeks (laughs) and then yeah two weeks to flatten the curve and then all of a sudden okay it's a month and it's a couple months and then I slowly just watched every show I had booked just fall off the calendar one by one and watched all that income go away watched all that opportunity I had just signed my American record deal you know right before 2020 I was supposed to be going to radio for the first time with my first U.S. single and do a proper radio tour in the U.S. and just all of that just got like pulled like a rug right out from under me completely complete bullshit too all that for very little you're like the p diddy of this little area though because you're into all kinds of shit Mm -hmm. so so you 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 stay busy doing other things besides just music Mm -hmm. music's your passion yeah but you're a whiskey maker there's a lot of people jealous of that yeah (laughs) but you can't get bottles now hardly no that's the the supply chain shortage has been uh you know a definite shit show you know and having to deal with that i had a um there was an inaugural event that we had done. It was the uh, Southern Roots uh, Lake Jam uh, that was done up in uh, Lake Lanier in Gainesville, Georgia. And I did that with, um, you know, Lake Show Entertainment. And uh, it was, you know, Tyler Farr and Ray Fulcher and Jacob Bryant. And uh, it was a great time, great turnout. And I had brought, I had just had my whiskey picked up by Atlanta Beverage for the whole state of Georgia. And that was a soft roll out to, you know, cross, you know, cross promote and collaborate, you know, with them as, you know, artists and, and buddies. And then at the same time, you know, for the state of Georgia. Oh, thank you. And, Not uh, bang tail, but. yeah, <laughs> it'll work for right now. And, uh, so yeah, having to do that and, you know, my, my whiskey went off. It was a great hit that at that event for that little, uh, show for the day. Um, and we were getting ready to get ready for the next step to do a, a harder rollout for the, the fall. And we had to postpone it till 2022. And the same thing happened with, um, you know, Athens Distributing. They picked me up for Tennessee, and we're going to be rolling that, uh, you know, rolling the whiskey out in um, Nashville and also in uh, Knox and Chattanooga on uh, eastern Tennessee. And right now, because I can't get bottles, it's been five and a half months. That's just, that's just nuts, you know? the little things that you can't get. Today, I tried to order all my hoodies 
redone all hoodies. Yeah. Can't get any hoodies right now anywhere. And, and I was thinking, you know, the guy that sells me these, my, 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 my merchandise, he's losing sales. Oh, I'm yeah. losing sales yeah. selling them to people here. Yep. He's losing sales. Whoever sells those hoodies to him is yeah. losing sales. Sure. Whoever makes yeah. them hoodies. And that's a freaking hoodie. Glass yeah. bottle the same way. Yeah. yeah. You're losing whiskey sales because some company can't sell bottles. They're wanting the bottles to make. Mm-hmm. Just It's it, it's just absolutely yeah. asinine. And I got a buddy of mine that's in the fertilizer, Logan Pyatt, a friend of mine in the fertilizer business. They can't get anhydrous yeah. to sell to farmers. Mm-hmm. It's yeah. just a whole freaking thing. Two weeks to flatten yeah. the curve, my ass. Well, that's, well, that's a whole. That's a huge loss for us too. Like with merch, I mean, most of the shows I played this year were in the U.S., which is great. But I'm still, I'm kind of a new artist in the U.S. I'm kind of starting from square one, so I'm looking to merch sales to like, you know, supplement what I'm actually getting paid for these shows, which isn't, a, which isn't a whole lot. So the fact that I can't even get in that merch to go out and sell it is just it, incredibly it, frustrating. It's, it's just, a, it's just, a, it's a big time trickle down effect Mm -hmm. so how does that work with the merch so Mm -hmm. you when you sell merch at a show you get that do you get the proceeds from that um well i mean every every artist has has different deals um (coughs) essentially like i I front the money so i I buy the merchandise you know label has like a cut of it but that is that is like the biggest cut of of income that i would get so i mean if i can sell a lot of merch i can i can make good money so yeah if you're coming to a show, buy a, can, buy a t-shirt. Buy a t-shirt and make goes a long way. Have yeah. you read the book about Van Halen that their ex-manager wrote? No. Running with the Devil, I think it's the name of it. Great book. Okay. They're, they're, he he was watching them steal. His people, were, you know, Van Halen, back been the big concerts, the the stadium tours, mm-hmm. they were racking in fifty to 70,000 people oh, at yeah. concert. There's people sitting outside selling black mail or right. black, well, black, black market, market. <laughs> yeah. black market uh, merchandise. Mm-hmm. So he hired some cops from Philadelphia, ex-retired cops, and they roughed these guys up and got rid of them. But the manager, they told him the manager, they said, you take care of this problem and you handle it and we'll give you half of it. Yeah. So he did it. Yeah. They were selling $100,000 in cash a night. I believe it. Merchandise. Also, fuck those guys. If you are scalping tickets or selling black market merch, you're a piece she of shit. She said the F word yeah. first. Just for no, the I think I did. Okay. okay. <laughs> Actually, I think we're a couple in. Actually, yeah, we're a couple I think in. you called him the world fucking famous. Yeah. yeah. yeah, 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 yeah so. Aren't you? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So, Another question now. Canada. Mm-hmm. I was going to talk Canadian music. Mm-hmm. Who's better, Shania Twain or Celine Dion? Hanson. <laughs> um, or I Ann mean, Murray. I, I mean, I would have to go Shania for sure. I, I mean, yeah. I mean, to be honest, I didn't, I'm not going to sit here and say like, oh, I was like obsessed with Shania growing up. I didn't listen to her a whole lot, but I mean, she was definitely a big part she was a of smoke like, show when she was younger. She's, oh, yeah. She's very hot, yeah. She she's still married is. to Def Leppard's manager, I think. Not anymore. They're divorced. She's single, Brandon. Right. Oh, yeah. yeah ready to mingle. She's old. <laughs> she's, I, think she, I think she's a gilf. I think she's <laughs> up there now. I don't know. I, uh, I don't think I could approach her. Leonard Skinnerd or Credence? Oh, we talked about this. Yes, Skinnerd all the way. That's right. Absolutely. You Leonard Skinner too? Oh yeah, all day. See, Andy, you're the only person that anybody, nobody. She called I you knew a douche something over was this off too. About him. You called me a douche over she, you this. Did. You this did. is what you called I me a douche. Yes. I didn't call him a douche. Yes. I didn't even know who he was. At I know time. you. Said, I said whoever said that's a douche. Well, and Andy said it. Well, that's a douche. Hold on a second. Hold on. Wait a second. Because I'm gonna pull up. There's there, nothing you can pull up Jeff, that's gonna I, make CCR better than fucking. Mm. Hold on. Hating on CCR. Did I really say They're douche? Good. That seems harsh. <laughs> not, yeah. if not if you knew him, it's not. I yeah. yeah. Thanks a lot. Yeah, that was the thing that I heard yesterday when we when we started scouting. She was like, "Yeah, 
She didn't even know she called you a douchebag. I'm like, well, fucking, that's just great, isn't it? I'm going to have her on the podcast tomorrow. Yeah. I'm off to a great start. Call, call it, yeah, off to a great start. I think that CCR has, has number one, they have better songs. And you can listen to them whenever you want. They have more. They have more songs. When the fuck can't you listen to Leonard Skinner? Yeah. Deserve time? Oh, I can't listen yeah. to that. Yes, there you, is. They play Leonard Skinner at no. funerals. I've never <laughs> been to a funeral <laughs> no. that they play CCR. No, you have to be in the mood for Leonard Skinner, other than Freebird. At a funeral? Was it was Freebird? I'm assuming. No, simple well, my, my constant mood is Leonard Skinner. I don't know what you're talking about. Yeah, <laughs> I mean blues. I've been to been as you get older, you go to a lot more funerals. I've been to multiple funerals. That had a Leonard Skinner song in it. I've never heard a CCR song at a funeral ever. Well, that's when you know. Guess you what, it. bud? Because yeah, if I yeah. die first, we're gonna fucking CCR playing at mine. So you are. You Which song are would welcome. you pick of theirs? Uh, hold on, I'm about to pull them up. It must Jeff. not be one that you. Can I would. I would. I would play. Have you ever seen the rain? Well, that's about a fucking douchebag song. And, and then I'm gone. <laughs> have you ever seen the rain? Do you know why at he wrote that? <laughs> yeah. Have you ever seen the rain? I'd rather have Elton John's "Candle in the Wind" at mine. <laughs> Maybe born on the bayou. Who'll stop the rain? You ain't never been in the bayou. I've been to the bayou plenty, Jeff. Run through the jump. Uh, Traveling band. Not even close. There's a ton of songs. What? Who is the greatest Canadian? Long as I can see ever? the light. Who? Um. I mean, the first one that would come to mind for me is probably Neil Young, just because I I grew up on his music and. He was a big part of like just my my musical growth, I guess. I mean, I thought he was from Minnesota. Neil Young? No, that's Bob Dylan. That's from Minnesota. Yeah. He's from Hibbing. Yeah. So I mean, I don't know. That's the first one that comes to mind. I'm sure there's there's others. Sometimes I forget which ones are Canadian and which ones are American you, too. You haven't said a one time. Um. Well, I guess <laughs> you just ha you haven't like. I have. It's because you're asking the questions and I'm giving answers. Like usually you say a as like it's like a extra you know question mark like. Yeah, it's cold out today, eh? You know? Yeah, now you got to decide. Now you got to say. Do you, do you eat poutine? Poutine. Poutine. <laughs> it's poutine. Uh, poutine, yeah. Is it poutine? Is that yeah, it? and it's delicious. Mm. But it has to be done correctly. What is the correct way? We had it at an The correct way. No, we had it at a, what's the place that has coffee up there that everybody goes to? Tim Horton? Yeah, Tim Horton's oh, is what we had it at. Oh, God, no, you can't be doing that. No, it's <laughs> the, the correct way. First of all, the most important thing is the cheese curds. Mm -hmm. They must be curds, and they must be squeaky. You put some shredded cheese on that shit. That's not poutine. That's, that's what we had. Yeah, no, that's not poutine. That's that's fries with cheese and gravy. It's not the same thing. That's so you got to have, gotta have proper, so the squeaky. You got to have proper fresh. proper curds. Yeah. I, I, I'm glad you. Do. do you feel better now? Because you told us about this squeaky when we were in up, Upper Michigan this they year. They squeak. Yeah. Yeah. They they're they're not fresh. Squeak that's like right. in Wisconsin, they always squeak yeah. in Wisconsin. Yeah. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. 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 I know what I'm talking about. Just he like does. I know what I'm talking about with fucking CCR. <laughs> no, no, you don't. So <laughs> Y'all uh, are in the minority here. So <laughs> Canada has its own music charts and stuff? Yes. See, I, I didn't know this. So yeah. what's your favorite Neil Young song? I don't know a whole lot about Neil Unknown Young. Legend. Unknown Legend? Yep. Not even in his top ten. Well, what I'm is a, his I'm number a, one I'm a, song? I'm a B-side kind of gal. Yeah, Heart of Gold's great. I mean, I I love all of them. Harvest Moon's another great one. But that's up there. Old Man, that's Old my man. favorite. Yep, that's my favorite. Needle one. and the Damage Done. That's the first one of the first songs I Me learned how Brandon, to play on guitar. We're not Neil Young people. Both of us were like, like, what the fuck? Just let y'all go. Yeah, it. you know, you know, Old Man. I don't yeah. know if I know I Old Man. Mean, I know some Neil Young, but I'm just not like that's not my jam. You know what? I would like to hear you sing tonight. What? Black Velvet. 
Oh, God. That is a great song. <laughs> now, do you hate that? Like, hey, you're a singer, like, dance? Let, no. me, let me hear you sing. Oh, I, she I, sings I, Black I, yeah, Velvet. Yeah, I did a cover of it. Um, and does a very good job of well, it. Well, I understand, Thank but it's just like, I just... Just that's kind of no. like going to a comedian and be like, "Hey, tell me a joke." It's like, no, motherfucker, I mean, like, you honestly, pay for this shit. Honestly, I, I like I love I love playing, um, and I I love doing it in like these kind of intimate settings. Mm-hmm. But I mean, not generally. People just want me to play a bunch of covers. I'm not right. a, a fucking jukebox, you know. Right. Yeah. <laughs> but you do yeah. Black Velvet. I actually I have I never I never played it on guitar. I, I was just singing on that, so I need to learn it because people ask me good. all the time. Yeah. You, you do a good job. You get the good voice for it. Thank you. So, is it hard to go back and, like, listen to your first couple of songs? Because I know, like, with us, we're, we're 500 and some episodes in. Yeah. If so, you're you take, comparing us to a musician now. If you, t- <laughs> if, if, if you, take, if you make me listen to, like, episode four, I'm, I'm like... Cringing? God yeah. damn, we said that. Like, it's bad. Do y'all have the same thing? And, yeah. you know, like, y'all grow as an artist, too. So, like, mm-hmm. some of the shit you might have sung about... Oh, yeah. You're like, why the fuck was I even worried about Well, this about guy that just shit? pulls up my first single ever. He's like, so, let's <laughs> oh, talk I, about I, that. that. That's what I was, that's what made me think about that. Like, I mean, it's like, I, no, it's not, I mean, that one's not, it's not that bad. It's just like, like you said, I've just sort of grown and evolved yes. from that. But right. I'm not like, I don't like regret it or anything. It was, it was a, I mean, it's what kind of blew my career up. It, it, it's what it's put a me fucking on, good yeah, song. It's what put me on the map. It's just, it's kind of silly, but you know, I mean, I, it, the, I'll say this. I wrote that song with Chad Kroger of Nickelback and it was Chad's idea. Really? <laughs> yeah. Chad Kroger. Yeah. How do you know him? Uh, that w- when Mandy, we wrote that that's song, that's kind of a personal question. You don't ask <laughs> stuff like that. Um, we got connected through my first manager, and um, she had shown him some of my stuff, and was like, "Would you write with her?" And he agreed, and so I flew out to LA, and we—that was the first time I met him was when we wrote that song, and he had this idea, and I was kind of like. I don't know. And I was also like, it's fucking Chad Kruger. Like, God knows a thing or two about right. making money and writing good songs. So, um, yeah, we wrote that song, and the label flipped out over it and wanted to cut it, and that became my first single and really just kind of, See like, there? skyrocketed my career. So I, I don't regret it, you That know? is a great song. Now he's, I'm telling they're you. They're Canadian, too, aren't they? In Nickelback? I was going to say they are from Canada. Yeah. Okay, yeah. so there you go. That's what I was going to say. People love to hate on Nickelback. I, they like, don't. You're, you're lying if you the one Nickelback. that sing about the... The Rich Guy, what's that song? The, 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 I want to be a rock star. Yeah. That's a badass song. Yeah, the, you oh, know, yeah. Photograph. I, was, I saw something when they were doing a uh, interview, <clears throat> or the, people were talking about them. They were just all the different fans and people mm-hmm. impressed that just have so many negative things. They're like the most hated band. They are. I wonder why. Well, the record sales would suggest otherwise. Otherwise, correct. People just think it's cool to hate Nickelback. I think that's all it is. Because I, think like, it's, like, I listen yeah. to like way cooler rock music. Yeah, it's like, <laughs> I don't listen to mainstream. I grew up on them, you know? I, 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 well, I was an older person when they come out, but they were good already. Yeah. I grew up in a better generation than y'all did. I grew up with Van Halen, Guns N' Roses, I agree. Aerosmith, mm-hmm. ZZ Top. Now, Credence. <laughs> yeah. I like Credence. First no, of all, no, no, you don't. I don't I like, like them. No, I just no. don't like they're them better than Skinner. Yeah, that's no. me too. They're y'all, a yeah. good band. The yeah. ship has sailed for y'all. No. Y'all are okay. all full on the Lynn Skinner band. Okay. Bow Cheeky Bow Wow. Oh, we're going <laughs> back to this. <laughs> no, hold on. No, you said that it, it was just a fun song. Yeah. 
Didn't Toby Keith won something with about a fucking red Dixie cup? He won every freaking red, red solo cup. cup. Red solo cup. And let's not forget honky tonk, but donk a donk. Yeah, yeah. You know? yes. that, those are the kind of songs. Yeah, I mean, it was it was just a it was a catchy, fun, up tempo song, and that's that was what I needed to get people's attention and get on the radar. And so, you know, it it served it served its purpose. It served its purpose well. I just you know I think for me it's more so not so much as an artist but as a songwriter who really like you know. I forget who it was that said this. It was this was an older writer had said to my fiance. He said, "You know, you'll be buried with your best songs," and that's because you know radio doesn't leave a lot of room for the the heavier stuff, the the stuff that's a little more in depth. And so, you know, that song, I'm not going to be like, "Yeah, look at this song I wrote called Bow Chicka Wow." It was super deep. You know, <laughs> you <laughs> but, think that uh, Elvis Presley had T R O U B L E, and then Travis Tritt <laughs> did too. Yeah, and. That's my yeah. favorite Travis Tritt song. Uh, I can't. Yeah. I mean, I know a lot of Travis music, but that's my favorite song of his. Yeah, because it's catchy. Yeah, I mean, it's you gotta some some of it is ego. I think honestly, it's like you, you want to write the coolest songs and you want to be creative and everything. I gave you a, a a tune that can make you a hit. I'm telling you, uh -huh. she's got a big ass, small breast, and a bad attitude. That right there is a perfect song. I'm telling you. <laughs> Goodness, Jeff. We'll have to write it. I'm telling you, you need <laughs> to write Goodness. that and make yeah. a deal. Toby Keith had a chance. He didn't want it. It could be yours, Brandon. It could be the I, next. I will write it. She's got a small <laughs> breast, a bad, a big ass, and a bad attitude. Okay. I think I can do it. There you go. I mean, that's <laughs> I, mean if I think if there's anybody that could pull it off, but it's you. There you go. I'm telling you. See you shaking your ass on TV. I'll be like, yeah. I knew about that song. I gave it to him. <laughs> so this is a kind of a segue the video i saw of you you were kicking a guy out of your concert <laughs> yeah because of breast because of breasts yes. yeah he had, he had uh -huh. breast he told you he shouted at you yeah show uh, me your your boobies yeah and you were like show me your boobies he actually said tits well i was kind of cuting it up is a that bad yeah. um, fuck yeah it's bad it was, yeah. it was that because here's why because I'm trying to I'm trying to perform. I'm trying to introduce a song, and this drunk asshole is repeatedly, obnoxiously screaming that at me. Right. And I I've ignored it before. It's and it's not the first time. It's not even the tenth or fifteenth time some guy has has done that. And you know what? That night he just caught me on the wrong night. It pissed me off. He was being disrespectful. He was disrupting the show. He clearly wanted my attention, and so I gave it to him, and I told him to get <laughs> the fuck a, out. She you makes did. it sound not that good then, but I mean, <laughs> yeah. I was thinking like the chick in Wilson Phillips, the rather large chick. There's nobody ever said that to her. She would mock that. You know, <laughs> she wasn't having a no. she yeah. wasn't having a Rodney Carrington moment. No, yeah. but but I mean, when you think about it, like I I don't think that there's I don't think Aaron Lewis is going to go play in front of people and they're like. Show me your cock. Yeah. Like, you're probably not going to get that. Tommy, Lee, Tommy Lee had that probably happen to him more than once. Well, uh, he probably uh, did show him. No song. shit. <laughs> He's pretty proud of his. Um, if I had his, I'd be proud of it too. But but I can, I can under, like, that would, it's it's degrading. It's, it's, it's like, it's, motherfucker, it's here it's like, I am. I'm up here trying to introduce a song. You know, I've spent years and blood, sweat, and tears right. to, you know, become a great performer, to write great songs, to put on this show and you have completely diminished what I do right. to a pair of tits. Well, you called him out and, in front of everybody. And, wow. and quite frankly, sir, you did not pay enough for your ticket to see these puppies. <laughs> so get the fuck what out. Did you, what did, is that what you said to him? I said, get the fuck out. I said, I dropped a lot of F-bombs. You turned on the lights and everything, didn't you? Oh. Yeah, well, because I, he when he wouldn't, I finally was like, all right, you know what? I'm like, who said that? Fuck it. Let's, Crickets. I bet that fucker and I was like, was I was like, shit. turn the lights on. 
and everybody starts pointing, pointing at, this guy, at him. Like totally throws it's him under the bus. Asshole. And I was like, "You get the fuck out." Can you put that on the screen? Uh, <laughs> I would love to see this. I, you know what? I'm the asshole that says a lot of shit that. If I got called out like that, I'd be like, oh, fuck. <laughs> but if I was with my buddies that did it, oh, I'd be giving them shit the whole fucking time. <laughs> yeah. Ever. Yeah. She done throw it. She done, she done I think, booted I think your he, ass out. I think oh, he yeah. got a little redneck justice in the parking lot after oh, really? that. I, that's what I heard, yeah. They didn't They didn't like it. Oh, wow. Somebody that listens to this, because we have a lot of people that listen to this a lot of different places. They're going to know them. And they're redneck. There's going to be somebody that's going to know. <laughs> that's old Jim that works goddamn down there at Ace Hardware. Yeah. <laughs> no, I actually, one of his ex-girlfriends sent me a DM, actually. It was like, yeah, I used to date this guy. He's he's a total douche, and uh, we all love that you called him out. I was like, cool. I'm all like, over a pair of sweater puppies. Yeah. Gosh, I'm mighty. That is. Uh, but I'm know. telling you, though, there's some women that they're not going to get that to. So True, yeah. You know. I don't know. So I bet I, Shania Twain gets plenty of that. <laughs> An attractive woman does, but I'm telling you, the big oh. chick at Wilson Phillips never got, nobody ever hauled that shit. <laughs> oh or Mama Cass. Nobody ever hollered Mama <laughs> Cass to show shit. Well, you know, different strokes are different folks. Oh, God, we're Well, there probably it. is somebody out there that would, yes. Oh, boy. Who said that? Uh-oh. Oh, shit. Who <laughs> fuck? Get the fuck out. There it is. You can leave. Get the fuck out. I did not fucking work my whole entire life <laughs> and be broke and sad to have some dipshit drunk in the eye telling you to show you that shit. Oh, shit. <laughs> I'm embarrassed for I was waiting for the high kick. I was waiting for the high <laughs> kick. Hey, country music and honesty and stories and have some music. I'm embarrassed Cut for that poor guy. Cut got his balls off. She went on. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Oh yep. what, what was there that like? Like when you walked off stage, when it's all I, said and done. Honestly, in the moment, I just I just saw red. Like yeah. I mean, you can if oh, you I listen to it. I was like kind of stumbling over my words. Yeah. Like I was, I was so pissed off. I just there were a, a there were a sequence of other events that had happened already in that night that had kind of like our opener had gone on super late so we were already getting on stage late which pissed me off because we'd lost a good chunk of the audience because it was late at night and people had been there drinking since you know noon and so I was already kind of frustrated and yeah it just it just hit me the wrong way and when I got off stage I was mostly just honestly I was just kind of sad like it just bummed me out because it's like it just kind of not as sad it, as he was. It, not as sad as he was. I, that's true. But it was just like, I was like, man, is that like really what these guys think about me when I'm up there, like pouring yeah. my fucking heart out and trying to put on a show is like, oh, I just want to see her tits. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah. She makes me feel completely bad now. <laughs> I'm thinking, I could have been that guy in this dog. I was thinking, this is hot. So how, how much do you hear the audience like when they when they yell stuff at you? What, good or bad? Like, how much do I you I mean, hear it? well, so, like, most of the time when I'm playing now, I wear, like, in-ear monitors. Mm -hmm. um, I usually end up pulling one ear out so that I can hear the audience. Because, right. like, I mean, 99% of the time, people are being nice and, like, yeah. you know, saying good things. So, I also just like to, I like to be able to, I want to hear the audience, too, because it just, it gives you that energy, too. Like, you can right. feed off that energy. And if I keep both my ears in, then it, it's kind of muffled out. But, yeah, I mean, I hear most of what's going on. There's only two places you can heckle the entertainer, a wrestling match and a comedy club. 
That's it. Yeah. You go you go see a shitty comedian and you heckle his ass. That's part of the show. That's part I mean, of the show. Yeah. Either be funnier or don't get up there. Right. But in a, in a wrestling deal. But when you pay money to go see someone sing, yeah. you know, and everybody's been to a rodeo or somewhere that they had a horrible fucking singer. Yeah. I mean, it happens. Mm-hmm. But you don't heckle the poor fucker. He's got at least the balls to get up there and try to That's do it. That's right. And I had the lady balls to get up there and sing my songs. You know. Yeah, I'm still embarrassed <laughs> for myself and that guy. I really am. I'm just. <laughs> that poor fucker wow <laughs> god you know his buddies gave him shit yeah. forever yep. he went to work monday morning and everybody at work already knew about it or he got thrown out of a fucking concert the other night, dickhead. <laughs> yeah so what's harder is it what's harder is it harder to get up on stage and do like a live performance or is it harder to like open your heart show people write a song and then present that to people that that's a little piece of your soul um like do you well you mean like a writer's room? Like, maybe? yeah. Do you mean like in a writer's room uh, kind of thing? I mean, like, 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 say you've got a finished song and you're like, it, it's a piece oh. of you. And presenting oh. that to a group of strangers for the first time. Is yeah, that that's, hard? That's or is harder. That's harder? I mean, when I'm playing my live show, generally I'm I'm playing stuff that's already released. You're right. Mm-hmm. You know, and it's like, it's been vetted, so right, to speak. Right, right, you know, right. yeah. we've, me, the team have all decided we think it's worthy. Yeah. You know, and so, and it's like, I'm getting up there and I'm putting on somewhat of like a polished performance but like if i go and play like a writer's round where i'm like all right i got i got this new song Mm -hmm. i'm gonna try it out and it's like you're you're waiting on that that raw reaction from the audience Mm -hmm. and it's like either people you know get up and go get a beer go to the bathroom or they talk or sometimes everybody shuts up and and Mm -hmm. you get their attention and it's like that's what we call it we call it the nashville nod Mm -hmm. When everybody shuts up yeah. and listens, sometimes, or you get you get a cheer by the end of the first chorus, like that kind of feeling is, I mean, that's crazy it's adrenaline. It's just mm-hmm. like because, you know, when you write your own songs, you're most likely writing your own story and sure. something that you've experienced. So it's very personal, and um, I mean, your your whole like sense of self is wrapped up in that in that right. song in a lot of ways. So you, you said something earlier. You said that your your worst songs are the one that. You take to your grave? Your the, best songs. Your best songs are what you mm-hmm. do. So the ones that, okay, when I go see David Allen Coe, and I'm assuming he's still alive. Mm-hmm. I mean, <laughs> With just a terrible hairpiece. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but hair when piece. I go see David Allen Coe, I want to hear his music from the 70s and 80s. Yeah. I don't mm-hmm. want to go hear anything new he's done. Right. Um, somebody I knew went and seen Steve Miller Band 10 years ago, and they didn't play air, a jet, was it jet, plane, a jet airplane? Yeah. And uh, the Joker. Mm-hmm. They didn't play none of his old shit. Well, that's yeah. what people are going to see. They don't hear his new shit. Yeah, it's. I mean, it's tough. And and actually, to go back to how chicka wow wow, it's like one of those things. Like when you're the artist, you always want to play. You get tired of playing the same songs sure over true. and over again. Yeah. You know, and so and you want to try out new stuff because you're excited about it. But you have to remember, like, it's not just about you. It, these people paid to come and see you, and if you've got hits, like, you got to play the hits. I mean, that's just that's just standard. If you're not playing the hits, it's kind yeah. of a dick move. I wouldn't yeah. pay thirty seven cents to see Garth Brooks. I wouldn't can't can't stand the guy. He can take you can came he's a Canadian, I think. Anyways, Garth Brooks. But if I went to see him, I don't want to see none of his new shit. I want to see yeah. the stuff from his first you want two. To hear friends in low places. The first two albums. Thunder That's Rolls, it. yeah. I don't even I don't even dance. care about that. Yeah. The dance. The dance. The best yeah. song he ever best did. Ever did. Yeah. Absolutely. Now, now I like a lot Garth. Of funerals. I like Garth Brooks. Well, we're not surprised, Jeff. Yeah, no shit. <laughs> he also likes yeah. CCR. At the yeah. at the little bitch likes CCR. Yeah. Also likes CCR Garth Brooks. Like go fucking figure, uh, right? Uh, he uh, is. He is a hell of an entertainer. I'll say For that. Sure. Better than George Strait. Ain't nobody hollering at Trish. They want to see her boobs either. So well, just put that out there. Maybe in her younger days. Look at that. Who's David Allen Coe trying to pull with that hairpiece? Oh my that god. That is ridiculous. Oh no. 
I mean, come on. Is that that son of a bitch is badass, though. I'm he, telling you right now. That's, that's terrible. That's one a therapist, really? One, that's, I, do you that's think that's a wig? That's, that's got to be a wig. That's like a Halloween wig. It's a terrible. That is. He went He went to Halloween Town or whatever yeah. and picked that wow. up. Wow. That is awesome. One of the greatest. <laughs> You're not fooling anybody. One of the greatest David. ever. Uh, he is. Why yeah. do you say that, Jeff? Uh, he's, he's, he had great music. Well, he was a great, you know. Come to Boston. What yeah. a great song. One of my favorite. One of my favorite. I used to sing from him all the time when I would do like open mic stuff was just uh if that ain't country that's a damn good song <laughs> and it's yeah. just like the thing the story behind it like i'm that's I love poor story. people yeah you know and yeah. it's it's so raw and soft in it i like the song um the ride no that the ride is that yes. is i that's one of the few songs i know all the words to did he Michelle write, always did gets he write on that me. song i don't know the ride? Uh, i can check it out Probably dean sure. dylan if i was guessing <laughs> yeah dean dylan Shoot, D. dylan's man he's written so many great songs but yep. Over fifty. Tennessee or, whiskey. And that was David Allen Coe's first. So, yeah, you know it's funny. I have that conversation with people a lot of times, and they'll be like, they think about Chris Stapleton. I'm like, no. I said David Allen Coe did it. George then Jones. George Jones did right. it. Yep. Then, yeah. and that's the same thing with um, you know, like with Darius Rucker and uh, Wagon Wheel. That's a great song. Yeah. Oh, Bob, you know, uh, Bob Dylan was the original. Yep. He wrote that. Yeah, and then with the the guy, the lead of Oh Crow, Cash, came Cash, Cash yeah, before. yeah, he came and finished the third. I think yep. it was the third verse. Yeah, and then at which point, then they cut it. Which, in my opinion, their version was the best version. Oh yeah. And That's then, what and then everybody out in the country says. Yeah, yeah, it is. I mean, it was just because it was that old Kentucky, you know, it was like bluegrass. Bluegrass, yeah. yeah. Good music, <clears throat> and. Anytime, I think that if someone does one of your songs or a cover, Black, Black, who's who sang Black Velvet the first time? It's Alana Miles. I don't even know who that is. Canadian. Oh, there you go. Y'all stick together. <laughs> there it goes again. This says Gary Gentry. The song was Ooh. written by Gary Gentry. Yeah, but she didn't JB write it, but that's who, that's who cut it first. Huh? Uh, Alana Miles is just too No, no, no. He's talking it. about The Ride. Oh, the Ride. Oh, the Ride. Sorry, no, no, no. I'm sorry. But Black yeah, Velvet is a that. song that that lady, a lot of people have done that song. It's a great tune. <clears throat> Yeah, it was it was a thing through the Junos. Um, I was I was nominated for a Juno, which is like a it's like a Canadian Grammy is the best way to describe it. I actually had figured that out by the time you said yeah. that. Yeah, <laughs> and um, they do this thing called the Juno 360s session or something like that, and basically they have newer Juno nominated artists will go back and do covers of Juno award winning songs from like previous years. And so when I went and looked through the list, that was just that was always one that I loved since I was a kid. And my, my, my mom used to play it all the time. And so I just did that. And I mean, it was just like this session that we did and I didn't really expect it to blow up. And then when I first got on TikTok, my friend who helps me with my social media stuff, she's like, we should post a clip of this. And it just like blew up overnight. I mean, I got like. I don't know, it was like 50,000 followers overnight and like went up over a million views. Like it was, it was crazy. Um, and then it just kind of like went from there and, and now it's become a thing that everybody's talking about. So. A, it, it, but that to me, that is the most humbling thing for an artist is have someone else do your stuff. Yeah. Oh yeah. I mean, that means you've really you've yeah. done something really good. I mean, I get tagged in videos sometimes of like younger female artists covering my stuff. And it's like, that's so crazy to me that yeah. somebody's covering me, you know? Right. So, have you met the little gal from, uh, I can't remember the little town in Texas. Uh, oh, shit. The one that dumped Blake Shelton. Miranda Lambert. Miranda, Miranda Lambert, Lambert. yes. <laughs> um, I mean, I've, I've met her very quickly in passing a few times. My fiancé and her are on the same label, but I, I don't know She's her. very good. Oh, she's amazing. She she's, is. She's a badass for sure. She is. And you know, this is, I'm going to catch shit with this, but nobody cares because everybody hates George W. Bush now. But the Dixie Chicks were very talented. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. 
But no question. They were 100%. But very stupid. Yeah. But very, <laughs> very, very good. Poor oh, decisions. piss poor decisions. What exactly did they say? They trashed was, George Bush. I mean, I remember that. It was, <clears throat> they said they we, were like ashamed that he ashamed was his president. They were ashamed from Texas and they're from president yeah, or something. that's right. They yeah. fucked up. They trashed Texas and yeah. the president. At the time, we thought George Bush was a good guy, so we all liked him. Now, we would all stand up and agree with him. See yeah. there? Now, you would welcome the Dixie Chicks in here. And be well, like, I don't know about well, all you that were Well, until but they changed really their good. name to the Chicks. Chicks, yeah. <laughs> what what oh, about... Yeah. Uh, I think that was even dumber. Lady Antebellum changed their name. To Lady A. Lady A. And then they got ostracized because it was like a black like, person. Also, like, yeah. we all know what the A stands for. Yeah, like, so who are you fooling here? <laughs> You're not yeah. fooling anybody. Yeah. And now, you, and now you've, and now like, stolen a name from a, a black Another, artist. A black artist. <laughs> a black lives matter. That's what yeah. you get. That's what you get. I don't oh, I didn't know this. It was, they, stole, they stole a name from no, a black no, no, artist. No, 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 no. So there's a black no. artist, a female artist. Who Lady goes by a. Lady A. She, Lady A. Yeah. And so she made this big stink during the BLM movement. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And then it just, like, just... It was just kind of ironic that they made this big deal about changing their name to Lady A mm -hmm. to avoid being racist and yeah. in the process become racist. Yeah. <laughs> Essentially sure. stole a name from a, a black artist. That black person doesn't need that name. It's us now. Yeah. yeah. What's, yeah. what's crazy about all of this is is that eventually it's going to catch up to all these people that are afraid to be themselves. Sure. It's yeah. coming down the road. You've I got agree. to be your fucking self. You have to lose. You so well, you have to lose half your audience. Yeah. yeah. So, see, and that's that's one of the things that you know, I think it's so important is just your, like I said, your authenticity. Yep. David Allen Coe ain't losing a fucking person listens no. to him. They still like him or they don't like you him. You can go to his yeah. underground records. Yeah. I mean, his under, his, he's some a his, trashy bastard. Oh, yeah. I love his music. I know, I mean, all his music. Mm -hmm. You know, we can go all the way back then. And, you know, stains on the pillow. Yeah. You know, and like the thing for me, <laughs> for me is like, hey, you know, that's the name of no, the song. No, it is Come Stains on a Pillow. It was a great song, too. <laughs> oh, wow. But, but, Andy's you know, you know, he said, hey, mother, he has some other ones. He has some other ones. You yeah. know what I'm talking yeah. about. Yeah. 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 But the thing about it, like, you know, I, I, I see things so different, too, in Nashville and being from Florida, from like, you know, like where I'm from, it's just like this good old boy area, you know. But also being a minority, that's a whole nother thing. You know, like you come to Nashville and like we were talking about this the other day, but I but like I'm I'm very big on this, like just because I have black in me doesn't mean anything. You know what I mean? Like, no. you know, the, the listenership of country music is a conservative listenership, okay? <clears throat> uh, if you have liberal beliefs, okay, whatever, so be it. That's those artists and those people within the industry. But you get you need to look at the big picture here. So that but where my pet peeve comes from, right, as a songwriter and as an up-and-coming artist is the fact that, you know, there's other minorities, other black, you know, uh, you know, artists out there that are trying to capitalize, you know, like on the, on the BLM, you know, movement. Mm -hmm. And I, and I can say this, but like, for example, like, um, you got, I was at the, the CMAs mm -hmm. and you, you got, uh, I don't know her. I don't care to know her and I don't care if she hears this, but you know, uh, Mickey Guyton, for example, I have no idea. Who she's, that she, is. she, she was on, she was like a host on a multitude of different things recently mm -hmm. because she did a song like black, like me, is that what it was called or something? Um, yeah, was I, think, black? I think that's what so she that's did, what yeah. it was called. Right. It was black, like me. <clears throat> so here's my thing. I'm, I'm just going to give you my two cents. Right. All right. Like, so you utilize a situation going on in our country. I don't care if you're black, white, purple, pink, polka dot. I don't care what religion you are. I don't care if you're liberal or, or, or Republican. You know, if you are a contributing member of society, maybe I think about this a little different being a, an entrepreneur as well, owning my own businesses. I've owned my own businesses. I was 17. Mm -hmm. I've earned my keep in this country to do what the fuck I want, what right. I want. 
And, right. you know, I write my songs to tell people how I feel. And if you don't like it, well, just like you said to that guy that disrespect you, get the fuck out. That's right. right. You're not my fan. It's okay. You yeah. know, we, we can agree to disagree. But don't ever use your race as a mean of leverage to give yourself a way in to this industry of country music. Because by doing so, you're not only, you know, creating a false uh, false representation of yourself. You're utilizing the, 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 the stigma in the media to help put, propel your career in a negative light. You're not doing it in a positive way because maybe for the moment it seems good because it's giving you an opportunity. Mm -hmm. But long term, that's not going to be the case. Right. You know, and you can't keep up with it because what are you going to do? Come up with like black like me again? Like, right. you yeah. know, I didn't know you got a, a bucket <laughs> of black paint and made it darker. You know what I mean? Like, it's it's just those things like that really bother me because, and I'm not trying to be on a soapbox. I just think it's really important to understand that country music is country music. The the founders, the pioneers of country music, were were storytellers. Mm -hmm. I don't care if it's Patsy. I don't care if it's Loretta. I don't care if it's Johnny Cash, Waylon. We can go all the way down. You know, we can go to Johnny Paycheck. I mean, we can go. I can take you all the all way the back. All the songs told stories. Right. All of them did. All the way to Hank Singer and before. You know, you know the, the oldest, the first ever cut, which most people don't even know, by Columbia Records as a commercial cut was uh, the, the Arkansas Traveler. Really? You know, and that was, that was instrumental. That was fiddle. <laughs> that was, I mean, that's way back when I did a song that's coming out on an upcoming project and it's called three chords in a cliche. It's not out yet, but I'll probably, I'll, I'll show it to you later. But anyway, um, I also went as far back as Turkey in the straw from the 1800s, <laughs> like to show, to, 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 to make a point, right? How many people are coming in that are young, male or female, no matter what color they are, but they're doing this. They were, they're pop singers, they're R and B singers, they're, they're, you know, they're, uh, they're hip hop, like rappers and they're coming in and doing, I get fusion. I get bringing genres together yeah. to create something like Jason Aldean did it with Ludacris. Like yep. it, it worked, right. you know, because there was a, uh, there was a distinct understanding that Ludacris mm -hmm. is from the ATL mm -hmm. and Jason Aldean from Macon came together and collaborated to Georgia boys, you know, hip hop culture, country culture, and made a great hit. Right. But when you come in and you're using, hey, well, I didn't, I'm not good enough, you know, because I would get eaten alive, you know, in, inside hip hop in, inside hip hop or pop or R&B. So you come into country music and you use that as your platform to go into that demographic of listenership to give yourself a space. Mm -hmm. I think that's fucked up. Well, and, and, and I think the audience knows, like, you're, you're pandering. You're not being yourself. You're trying, to gain, you're trying to get followers. You're trying to gain influence. You're not giving us anything that's, and it's like you said, like, you're, you're, people, people realize, like, these, they're just a flash in the pan, right. if anything. And, it, and it, like, like you said, you're a fucked up individual to use this kind of situation that we find ourselves in in America right now to try to p catapult your career. Right. Because right now we're in it. We have so much adversity. I mean, just for right. example, this is like so random, right? It's kind of off topic, but <clears throat> it's like uh, dairy farmers. Mm -hmm. You know, there mm -hmm. were seven in 2003, there was like 70,000 plus dairy farmers. Now we're down to like 30 some thousand dairy farmers. Really? Operations. Jeez. Like 40 some thousand operations closed down. Right. And with all these things being mandated and you got, you know, everything from vaccine mandates and you got everything from just changing like, you know, big, uh, you know, b you know, uh, these big like elitists and big uh, conglomerates coming in and they're eating up these small family farms because mm -hmm. they can't afford right. it. They right. don't got the cash yeah. flow. 
they're always either they're they're lucky to operate in the black. Yeah, you know they're rarely in the green. Mm-hmm. You know, a lot of times they go back into the red, especially like Texas, for example. When y'all had that freeze, yep. In February. You know how much shit fucked up down here. Oh, yeah. Y'all were so fucked up, you didn't even know how to get down the road. <laughs> you, get, you didn't even know how to clear the road. You had no power. People were dying. Shit was happening. Operations were destroyed. So I've heard that that freeze in February is part of the reason you can't get glass right now. Because of the reason. resin. Big reason. And right. they also make the resin that they're short on, they also make paint. I had to paint a house yeah, this summer. right. Yeah, my and buddy has a painting thing. He was telling me the same thing because yeah. he was going through uh, Sherwin-Williams, and he was like, yeah. they, they don't have anything. They don't have nothing. He can't even match colors yeah. because he can't get the colors on the palette that are supposed to, like, whatever mix to mm-hmm. make that color. And um, then, you know, you got these customers. Obviously, he's losing clientele, so he's losing money. Yep. And he's got people he's got to pay. You know, that's the thing is these supply chains, and they, they close oh, the yeah. ports. You know, they don't want to open up the ports. Our, our governor, smart as hell, DeSantis, was like, you know what? Fuck it. We're going to open up our ports. Mm-hmm. We're a peninsula. We got the largest sea line in the country. Come on with it. Um, you know? We, so, coastline. H- how much can you drink and do a live performance? Me? I seen Rodney Carrington one time, and it, he, was <laughs> he was falling down. He What's obviously the, had one too many. Have Have you had a bad experience? Like, okay, yeah. uh, that that was too much. Yeah, I'm, I, I don't play drunk really I, i'll get like i'll, I'll have like maybe i'll do like maybe two shots yeah. and a beer before uh-huh. i get up there That's and i'll would be for me well, and then like pussy. and like i also bring skinny. i usually bring a bottle of jameson on stage that i'll swig off of here and there i guess now that i'm saying it out loud that sounds kind of like a lot but <laughs> <laughs> she's like i have two of these and well, one of those <laughs> tell us how you tell us all the just, secrets this just got dark um Three lines come on we're all here together no, but like, usually you know i'll have like a beer in a shop before we go on stage it's like the ritual with the band mm-hmm. but um i i used to play in a bluegrass band actually before i was like a solo country artist and we played this show in newfoundland and I don't know if you guys have heard of this, but there's this thing when you go to Newfoundland, you get screeched in. And it's this whole thing. So screech is basically, it's moonshine. It's Newfie moonshine. Okay. It's what moonshine? It's like, like Newfie. Newfie. So Newfie. Yeah, people from, pe- people from Newfoundland are called Newfies. I've learned something today. I didn't know that Yeah, either. so screech is like, is some like crazy proof, like put hair on your chest. Kind of like Everclear? Yeah, no, no, like. Like, well, I don't know. Isn't like, Everclear like a... It's, Everclear is I'm like a, it's 190 proof. It's, so, yeah. it's, uh, it's like Whatever a 95%. It it's, it's crazy. I, so something about, <clears throat> finish your story and then I'll tell you about Everclear. Okay, so, yeah, I don't know what Everclear is, but this shit is strong. But you go, it's this whole thing, you kiss a cod and you say this this newfie you poem thing. A cod. <laughs> Okay, cod. It's a fishing fishing. Yeah, village. I know what a cod is. I just well, no, I mean, I'm just saying it, Newfies. Newfoundland is like a it's a fishing community, but um, and we we weren't playing until like midnight, and so we got screeched in, and then you know it was like two for one beers or something at this bar we were playing at. So by the time we got on stage, we we're fucking trashed, <laughs> and it was it was a disaster. Now, mind you, the the crowd was also trashed and they seemed to enjoy it. But like we, we got off stage and we're, we're all pissed at each other. Like you fuck this up and you fuck this up. So that was, I was like, after that, I'm like, I'm not doing that again. That wasn't even fun. You know, it's crazy. Cause first of all, I never think of bluegrass music as a party music. Honestly, huh, and never I never would have thought. Show. I, you ever, you ever I seen Old Crow Medicine Show live? Yeah, um, no, no, I haven't. I, and I'm sure it is. I just, you, it just to me, I always think of older people and banjos. Jeff, you ever play with spoons? 
No. <laughs> we had a guy that worked out here that did. I'm telling we you. Did. Yes, we did. Yeah, we did. We did. Yeah, he was, he, he he was get them things going if he you was get them an going. Old, he was an old homeless man. We gave, him a, we gave him a job out here. He stayed in the skunk house, and he would, he would play those spoons. But you've given a whole other deal. Bluegrass Festival, Kissing Cod, and Screeching all at the same time. Yep. You're, you're doing Newfoundland proud. You're doing Canada proud. Oh, thank you. One of the best party th- uh, stories ever happened in Canada, and it was Janice Joplin with the Grateful Dead. And they were on a Canadian tour by train, and she was on a train with the Grateful Dead. Yeah. And they and she she used to get them drunk all the time, and they were somewhere they couldn't get drugs, so they had to drink, and she yeah. drank all the boys under the table. So they thought it would be funny. It wasn't Jerry Garcia. It was the other big guy with them. They, they had a birthday cake make for her, and they put a bunch of uh, acid in it or LSD, and she was on like a five-day trip, didn't know what was going on and shit. Yeah. Fucked her up big time. Yeah, there's a movie about that, the train thing. What's it called? Shit, I don't know. I, there's like a documentary or about the, about that story. About just about the the train, wasn't it? With it was a, like a Canadian. T- it was like like yeah. after Woodstock, and they yeah. would go from Peace River I forget, to I something. What it was called, but I, it was the train Alberta. What am I? It's a, it was just a music was, festival <clears throat> that they did, but it was a they, train. Yeah, they did this whole tour on a train. I forget yeah. what it was called. Canadian, the train tour, maybe Canadian yeah, Janice train Joplin train story. It'll come up on that because I promise you, Janice. Job. She was a badass, so, too. So, anyway, I had a friend, and he said that ever... So, Old Smokey's Moonshine. Old Smokey... So, you'll and you'll have to... There's certain laws that you have to go by for it to be considered moonshine. It's got to right. go through a certain process. So, what they do at Old Smokey's is they take Everclear, they distill it once... and then But it's watered down. And then they just put it in a bottle. But they're and but then it's moonshine. We are going to get sued over this, probably. Well, so they're huh. but but their their product is not a um, like it's not a true like I mean I understand that the the process to quote they're, unquote they're marketing selling it right they're marketing that but yeah. it's not a real like it's not straight because a lot of their stuff is all flavored yes yes like yes. and their and their proof ratings are significantly lower like my bangtail whiskey is a higher proof than their shine in the jar oh really but you mine's can- a, mine's a ninety proof. And what, wonder what theirs is. I mean, if you, I, I could tell you, like, let's see. I let's, mean, they have some. They're 153. It's like some limited edition. Yeah, but they're. Which is 153 proof or what, some shit. But you can make moonshine in three days. They make it in the mountains. So, three days. so moonshine is, is primarily because of the fact it's corn liquor. Right. That's that's the key. You know, it's, it's, it's just straight, you know, corn liquor. Mm-hmm. So then that's how you, you know, you would distill it in like a copper still. And that's what, you know, they did in the mountains and things like that. They would use these, like, backwoods, like, stills and stuff like that in Appalachian and also coal mining country and stuff. If you're not you're not a true southern good old boy, if you don't know who popcorn is off of uh, Moonshine. Shine. Right. Yeah, you know, yeah. everybody yeah. knows it. Do you know who Moonshine, popcorn she, is? She's Canadian. Give her a, give her a break. I am, I am actually half American, I would like to say. My, I am. My mother's American. I am an American citizen. It's too late for that. You're Canadian. Like yeah. everybody's. You're, you're do you like Canadian. American football? It was the Festival Express 2003 documentary. That's what it was. Festival Express. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. So, they had like. So, the majority of theirs is uh, 60. 60 proof? Oh, wow. Yeah, that's what. I'm on their website. 60 proof is. Now, they do have the, the one that's like you just said, which is the 100 plus. They do have the hundred plus, but majorities I'm on here, these are all sixty plus proof. This one doesn't. We're drinking, and then the other ones are just flavor apple pie, and that's a seventy proof. But everything else is these are all sixty proof or fifty proof. Um, have y'all have either of y'all done that tour, the old Smoky yeah, tour? Yeah, I did mm-hmm. it in. Uh, I went to was it? Is it Gallenberg? Yeah. Yes. Yeah, yeah, I did that one downtown. So they give you like the, the you get like a flight. 
Yeah, they give you the gasoline first. Right, right. And, and then, then they're like, hey, in, then take the apple yeah. pie and the Because they want you to get yeah. that to push the flavor behind it. Right. So which is the, the gasoline? Is that the old-fashioned? It's, old just, it's, it's just a clear. It's just gold straight shine. We had some friends that did it, and... They were so excited when they got back from the tour. They're like, you've got to try this. This is the best moonshine. It's apple pie. It's peach. It's cherry. Mm-hmm. It's delicious. It's the best thing we've ever had. Had it at their house. They're like, this is fucking terrible. So it tastes <laughs> good after the bad shit. After the bad shit, it tastes fantastic. Right, because that's what that's they, they do. That's yep. how they do it. It's a market employee because they add all those different flavors in there, and you're doing these one single ounce. You're, you know, how the fuck do people walk from these things? No, because the thing is, they're not. Not straight. They're not, they're <laughs> not, uh, they're not high proof. It don't matter. You know, you and take 10 drink, shots. Yeah. yeah, but a lot of people that like they're many, they're many tasters. They're not two ounce pours. I don't know. I was I was pretty toasted after we Were did you? it. Yeah. No, when you when when you do a bang tail, when you do a cocktail sure. show or whatever yeah. it is, you're giving people straight. I give them a straight. A straight. I don't even know how many. Ounces I do a straight. It's a two ounce pour. A two ounce pour. Uh-huh. And how many of them are they having when they come through the door? The most of the times I, I limit people to one or two. You know what happens usually though. The reason why I'm a little bit more generous on it is because you know. People come in, they'll go through the first round. They get to see, you know, the product, the brand. They get the backstory. Then they also get, you know, me being there. So I'll either do, like, bottle signings or they'll get my personality with it, too. Mm-hmm. So then we start getting to know each other, having a good time. They start buying T-shirts and hats and tank tops. And so you get them drunk to sell them shit. Well, they're buying shit. You're right. Yeah. <laughs> hey, it's a marketing ploy, right? <laughs> but here's the thing, though. They start buying that. If you buy a $25 hat, you know, or a $20 T-shirt or a $30 some dollar hoodie, you know, why would I not give you a couple more? You know, because now you're going to do that. Now you're also going to go to the store, buy a bottle. Mm-hmm. Or if I'm in a place that I'm doing like at a liquor store, then I do the bottle signing at the liquor store. So then they kind of feel like they're getting an added perk because they're not paying for the signature. Right. But I'm selling them making money on the bottle. I'm going to change gears real quick. Megan, mm-hmm. most unusual person you've met in your career? Chad Kroger. <laughs> no, he, he's not, he's pretty, he's a pretty normal guy. Um, huh. Most that's I've never been asked that before. Most unusual. It's a tough one, right? Most fucked yeah. up person you've met fucked then. Okay, is that better? <laughs> she doesn't want to name drop. No, who's the most unusual eccentric person that you've eccentric. met? Well, I mean, they're all No, they're not um, all. There's somebody more the guy that used to be the music producer. I mean, I, I went out on the road with Dwight Yoakum through Texas. <laughs> he's actually. a cool dude. He seems eccentric as hell. He's yeah, he's He's definitely eccentric. Um, I had a guy ask me the other day, Logan Pyatt. I'm gonna throw him in. He goes, "Do you know who Dwight Yoakam is?" Oh fuck yeah, I'm fucking 53 years old. When I was 18 years old, guitars, Cadillacs, and hillbilly music. Do was, I know Dwight Yoakam? Yeah, I couldn't Does believe Does Raggedy that. Ann have cotton tits? <laughs> yeah, no shit. I've never heard that. I like that. <laughs> you write that one down. I'm going to. I'm, I'm gonna, gonna, I'm gonna use you. that again. I'm gonna give that to you, and I'll, I'll make sure you get credit for it. Thank so, you. So Dwight Yoakam's the most eccentric person you've met. I'm, tr- I'm trying to think. It's like, well, I don't want to, like, throw anyone under the bus. But, I mean, I guess that'd be the first person that, that comes to mind. I mean, there's maybe there's some writers that I've worked with, but I don't, I don't know that there are names that people he, would know. He's a cool dude because he's also an actor and has been in some. Mm-hmm. In Four Christmases, some, he's Sling, excellent. Sling Blade, Sling Blade. Is Sling, yeah. one of my all-time yeah. favorite yeah. movies. It's crazy yeah. that he was. I, I wonder what happened because, like, he was transitioning, kind of. But, I mean, you did Sling Blade. You did uh, Wedding Crashers. Yeah. Four four Christmases. You did four. He was oh, in Wedding Crashers also. Yes. Yeah. Four Christmases was good. Oh fucking the yeah. Reverend. I yeah. just watched that the other night. Oh, I forgot. What, what, what's but you his wonder, name? Reverend like, Tim or something. Yeah. yeah, the Reverend. But you wonder yeah. why like that momentum didn't carry on to, or, or was he just I, not into it? I don't think I he's yeah. driven by that shit. Yeah, I don't think that's really 
his like his bread and butter. But I mean, he's he's I like him a whole lot more than I do Tim McGraw. I've never met Tim McGraw. Well, so. He's a liberal fuck, so I really. Don't say that. <laughs> <laughs> Jeff, he is. <laughs> you've done <laughs> you've done this so many times. You've you've talked to people. He do, did this do not you guys too need long to be ago. left alone. Should we? Do we should we? What I do? Wait, he was talking shit about somebody to and somebody that was on the podcast, them. and then that no, and then they're like, oh well, actually, I know her quite well, and she's a lovely lady. Oh, uh, <laughs> I said something about Amberell. Do you know who she is? She's Amberell. A, yeah, she's the dark looking woman that cooks for, on Food Network all the time. Oh, I don't know who that she, is. She's a miserable person. <laughs> she doesn't have a penis, and you can tell it really bothers her. <laughs> and we were we were talking to somebody, and so Jeff, another chef, Jeff that, spouting that knows her off. Real well. That's Amberell. You know who Amberell is. I literally don't know who that is. Really? Yeah, I don't know who. Yeah, good, Amberell. Fuck you. Nobody knows who you are. Uh, And then he was talking about how terrible of a person she is. And the guy's like. I said she was a bitch. The guy's like, actually, I know her and she's a sweetheart. Well, so I mean, it's just like quit I asking people for these you. things. You know, there's probably I'm sure there's bag. people. I'm sure there's people out there that say I'm a bitch, and just the they're guy not who got, always just, wrong. Just, just, just the, the guy, guy who got thrown out for what to see your titties. <laughs> he definitely thinks I'm a bitch. <laughs> <laughs> I'm that. I'm that bitch. <laughs> this is the story. This is the story he tells people at work. Yeah, well, mind my own I, business. I got hooked up with this old blonde one time, and she kept shaking her titties at me. So I said, "Hey, can I see them?" And she fucking was a bitch to me and had me thrown out of a bar. Yeah. He's not telling him you were singing. Yeah, it's too bad there's a big old viral video out there. Well, you don't tell them that either. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. At Thanksgiving, yeah. The family, his family that doesn't know that would love to know Let's this Let's be story. honest. This guy doesn't have a mother or a father. <laughs> <laughs> so when do you know that this is something that you can do professionally? Is there a moment um, in time, or is it just you put blinders on and you're like, I'm going for it? It's a shame yeah. some people never know. Yeah, I think, um, I mean, I would say, so, I mean, coming out of – high school so I was a competitive snowboarder for many years like all through high school and into like my first couple years of college Mm -hmm. um and then I had I had some really bad injuries I broke my back and (laughs) severe concussion where'd you Um, break your back at it was lower uh like lower lumbar compression fracture today yeah if I sit for a long time or I'm like standing for a long time but I mean I, I was pretty I was like 18 when it happen so it's not bad but um yeah I ended up going to going to college to study music um hated school but met a lot of really awesome musicians started playing in a band with some of the guys I went to school with that was like kind of my first taste of like really writing songs and playing in bars and stuff like that and then I ended up dropping out moved back to Ontario I'd been going to school in Montreal and um, got in another band, which was the Bluegrass Band. And we made a couple independent records and booked, you know, did a couple cross-country tours through Canada. I mean, we did pretty well for ourselves for not having a label or anything. And I just remember the tour, actually, when we played the show in Newfoundland, when we got screeched in. Screeched um, in, I love yeah, it. <laughs> we, uh, that summer, I just was like, man, yeah, I, I don't want to do anything but this for the rest of my life. And that's when I really started taking it seriously and you know dropped out of school and just was really broke for a while and (laughs) just made it work um and then I guess it would have been within maybe three years or maybe four years after that I signed my first record deal in Canada um and then about another two or three years after that I moved to Nashville and then signed my U.S. record deal so the cool thing is you were broke but you were happy doing what you want 
Yeah. So you don't even know you're really broke. You know you're oh, broke. because I, I worked so many. But you're shitty, happy. I worked a lot of shitty jobs, you know, until I signed my publishing deal and my record deal and stuff. I mean, I used to sort empties at the beer store. Let me tell you, it's some nasty shit. They paid fairly well for that job, but it was disgusting. It was a gross job. What are you, you would do? Oh, right. Canadian thing. So... You can only buy beer at, well, it's, I think it's different now, but back then you, you could only more? buy beer, I'm good, um, at the beer Brandon, store. And, and you, pay, you pay a deposit on your bottles and cans in Canada, so peop, you can bring back the empties to the beer store, and we have, to, we have to sort them out, and you get a deposit back, which you can either put towards your next purchase or you can get it back in cash. So people would bring in, like, bins and garbage bags full of, cans and bottles and let me tell you a garbage bag full of beer cans that have been sitting out in the sun in the backyard of a frat house all summer and they bring those in and you got to count them out like it's nasty and people bring in bottles or be like cigarette butts and like used condoms and god knows what (laughs) else inside of them condom in a bottle (laughs) there was well there was like a bunch of frat houses (laughs) by the store that i worked at and these kids came in with these bottles and they're like pushing them up on the rollers and they got these bottles in the bin and there's just this condom hanging out the top of this bottle no i took one i was really hung over i took one look at it and i was like nope don't get paid (laughs) enough for this and i shoved it back and i was like Go get out! I'm like, don't ever bring this back in here well, again. She don't put up with nobody's shit. I'm no, telling you, you get me on the wrong day. And I, but <laughs> the, the beauty, the beauty of the beer store though, is that like I could say that, and I wasn't gonna lose my job. Cause I'm like, what are you gonna do, bud? Yeah. You're going to tell me you're never going to shop here again? Because guess what? The next fucking beer store is 50 miles down <laughs> in the next two towns. So, yeah. So I worked a lot of shitty jobs. And um, when I started, like, getting some leeway and starting to make money doing music, it's just it's a pretty awesome feeling. And it yeah. just I was like, man, if I just wanted to, I mean, you know, I wasn't completely stupid. I could have gone to school and pursued other things just for money that would have made me miserable. So. I would have, you know, I'm like, if I just wanted to do it for money, like, then why bother? But I just do it because I love it. Does your family worry about you do, when you're doing all this? Like, you got to have an exit strategy here. No. Um, I get, my, my family was really supportive. Um, I mean. Does that help? Yeah, definitely. I mean, to, to be perfectly honest, I was doing it one way or the other. I wasn't asking permission or for validation, but it definitely helps. You know, I mean, there were even times where I would be super frustrated and down on myself and my family would, they would be the ones to kind of pick me back up and be like, listen, you got this, Mm -hmm. you can do it. We believe in you. We're behind you. Um, so I was really lucky, you know, I mean, when I told my dad, I was dropping out of college to, to do this, it wasn't his favorite phone call. But he just kind of said, he's like, well. I had that phone call twice. Yeah. He said, well, look, he's like, if that's what you want to do, he said, I'm going to support you, not financially. He said, you're you're on your own. Like, I'm not giving you money for anything anymore, but mm-hmm. like, I'm behind you. Um, and I'm glad he did that because I worked that much harder because I had to. I mean, I, I busked on street corners and in subways and on sidewalks to make rent and buy groceries. And I worked that much harder for it because I had to. I didn't have a plan B. I didn't have somebody bailing me out. Um, and so I'm grateful that my parents gave me that emotional support but made made sure I had to stand on my own two feet. Too. That's lots of prayers for them. Gosh, I'm yeah. I've got boys. <laughs> I don't have a daughter. And if I had a daughter that was screeching in Newfoundland and stuff, I would be awful worried. <laughs> I'm not going to lie. I mean, yeah. seriously, because I worry about my boys even. Still. I don't think my dad ever worried about me too much, but <laughs> I, be, I bet he probably did. more he than just, he let on. <laughs> now, I want to ask you, you said you, uh, I don't remember what you, when you, you're playing for tips on the side of the road mm. or whatever it's called. 
I always wondered, like, you go by the places, like, we were uh, we were in Boston this just a couple months ago, and there was a guy playing, and he had his, and I always want to ask him, hey, dude, just curious, how much money do y'all make in a day? What kind of money does that make? Because some of them corners, them pay, pay pretty good money. Yeah, I mean, when I, when I lived in Montreal, I made pretty good money. I mean, a bad night, I, especially when, if it was cold out and I would just play in the subway, you know, sometimes I might make 30 bucks in a night, but I mean, that was groceries, you know? Um, but on a good, on a good day, I mean, if it was nice out, I would go to like one of the main strips on a weekend on a Saturday or something. And I'd stay out there in the afternoon. I'd make 250, 300 bucks. That's a good day. So is there anybody, do you have like anybody that's like protection for you? Like you're in a, you're in a subway here. (laughs) No, uh, they don't have, they don't have singing. Yeah. These two right here. Uh, Yeah. (laughs) She ain't going to put up with no shit. No, I'm I'm not saying that, but I mean, you know, you get in a dark alley and (laughs) shit happens. I I mean, it was, if I had a daughter, I'd be like, generally, generally, well, I didn't always, I wasn't always forthright about exactly what I was doing. (laughs) You were telling dad, like, no. Hey, I'm in the subway tonight. Yeah, I'm going to going to busk at the subway. I mean, it was what do you call it? Was it? Pretty busking, like B- busking. B-U-S-K-I-N-G. That's yes. what that's called. Yeah, um, but yeah, I mean, I don't know. Montreal was pretty safe. Like I knew the areas that were safe, and most of the times, the areas where I'd be would be close to the. Uh, what do you call it? Like where people would pay for their tickets. So like there was like uh, security. Yeah. Like there's oh, okay. there were like designated areas. Like it was a thing like that people call did. The yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I would like figure the there were designated areas where you could do it. I figured the street performers would kind of look out for each other anyways. Yeah. Sometimes I did have a homeless woman spit in my face once because I nice. wouldn't let her play my guitar. So that was charming. <laughs> <laughs> hey, let me play that guitar. Yeah, it cracks a hell of a drug. Cracks <laughs> a hell of a drug. Could have been Bette Midler. When did yeah. you did you did you learn how to play guitar as a kid? Or no, um, I didn't. Well, I mean, I kind of messed around with it a little bit in high school, but not much. I was way more focused on sports and snowboarding at the time. And then my parents uh, bought me a guitar as like my graduation present from high school. Um, so when I got into college and I started writing songs, like wanting to write songs and playing in bands, that's when I became more interested in learning. And so I kind of just started teaching myself when I was like in my early twenties. Mm-hmm. Um, and then it, you know, initially it was just, it was just a, a mode of writing songs. It was just something. So if I had, a, if I wanted to write a song, I could, didn't have to call somebody that could play guitar. I could just sit down and do it. And then I, then I just really grew to love just playing. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah. have, have you met any artists now earlier? Actually, the centric ones, have you ever met one that really, they just really like, wow, I'm getting to meet. George Strait or somebody. I mean, I'm just I'm just using that. Yeah. You really were just blown away. Um, I mean, meeting Dwight Yoakam was a pretty big deal. That's for a big, sure. he's a big star. Um, I, I've met, I've met uh, Blake Shelton a couple times, and he was he was pretty cool. Uh, Eric Church, but I mean, it's weird Nashville. When once you kind of get into us in, in there, it's like you kind of see all people all the time, yeah, and so right. you're kind of you get a little more desensitized mm-hmm. to it, and it's like you don't want to. You're kind of like you want to approach them as like a colleague, mm-hmm. not like a fan, fan right, you know. Right. So you're yeah, you don't want to come off cool. as the young guy. Before we get off here, if you could pick anybody to perform with, who would it be? That's alive today. Um, hmm. that's tough. I mean, Eric Church has always been uh, one of my favorite artists, but I mean, of a lot of the like new, like up and coming artists, like. It Morgan Wallen, Hardy, um, yeah, probably. Brandon, what I about mean, you? of anybody of all time, yeah, the Eagles. 
not not you know who Credence Clearwater was. <laughs> One fucking Leonard Skinner either, dude, dickhead. <laughs> um, go ahead. You tell us who you would, if you could pick anybody to play with, who would you like to perform with? Yeah, I mean, uh, Eric Church was definitely going to be one of the ones that I mean, he's chief. You know what I mean? Yep. Like, but um, if I was, if you're doing like up and coming, like she was saying, I would say for me, it would either be um, either Co Wetzel because I just really have a lot of parallels yeah. to that vibe, or. Um, I've recently found, I, I don't, it's taken me a long time to get on the Cole Wetzel bandwagon. Yeah. He's got a lot of fucking good music. Yeah, he does. Yeah, that's all I've been listening and, to. Uh, really. Yeah, exactly. Or um, I'd really like to do something with uh, either uh, Coulter Wall or Tyler Childers. Yeah. What about all time? All ever, time? Ever. Ooh, a lot, um, right now, Hank Jr. Oh, he's a badass. Yeah. Oh, Bo Cephas. Ty, yeah. Ty Childers, he's an unsuspecting guy. You mm-hmm. wouldn't expect yeah. that voice. Like, if you just yeah. saw him walk in that room, you'd nah. be like, that motherfucker's not singing nah. anything. Yeah. And, that's and then I he like, gets up there and he belts it. Mm-hmm. And he's got such a unique sound about him, too. Because it's, it's, like it's almost like a cry. You know? Yes. It's like a, yes. You can tell he's yearning. Nose to the grindstone. Yeah, you see those videos oh, yeah. on, like, With where the, he's performing uh, the it? session? Yeah. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah. I was listening to that when we were going out this morning hunting. Really, no. Yeah, we were we were pulling in, and, he, and that came on the acoustic yeah. session. That just that's crazy. It hits you. you know? It does, and like you see his face, you see the facial expressions he yeah. makes, and you're just like, yeah. Jesus Christ. The 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 thing that I like to do is I like to go to YouTube and I like to see other famous guitar players play covers for other people. Okay, we're gonna get to the next question. Okay. Do you think Prince is better than Van Halen? No, Eddie that's Van not Halen the question. The <laughs> that's not the question. And just at guess all. which side. Oh. Who is the greatest guess guitar player? Guess who I took. Jeff. You t- let me guess. You. Mm. Oh shit! Who I did mean, you take? No, who do you think I would take between Eddie would, Van Halen and Prince? Van Halen. Van Halen. Van Halen that's that's anybody with the brain yeah, would do that. I was thinking. Yeah. I mean, except for Andy over here. No, listen. This is what happened. Always on the wrong side. All I said was, Prince is an underrated guitar player. That was the only thing that I that said. That is not all you said. I didn't you can say he was better podcast. than Van Halen. Yes, I did. said he was an underrated guitar player. You said he was the greatest guitar player ever. Mm-hmm. And I, I said, said he was one of the greatest. But, well, Top five. I'm gonna say this. I'm gonna say this. Prince is a great. He's he, a here, here's why. Here's where. Here's where Prince was great. Yes. Is that tell me he was, right. he was he was he was multifaceted as far as playing every instrument. Hundred mm-hmm. percent. So when it came to getting into sessions where he was playing drums and bass and guitar, that was what made him so special. He was right. a he was a prodigy in that aspect. Now, but Van Halen, I mean You eruption. don't have to say all, nothing all you, else. Got, all you gotta do is say this. All I gotta say is one thing. There's only one word I gotta say. Eruption. He has no clue who that is. And let me tell you what else he did. This is the funny part. He's arguing Prince. And then I said Pur- purple Rain. He's never seen the fucking movie. How can you argue I watch for Prince? The, it's, it's, well, it's a shitty B-rated movie. Right. Why would I it's watch the movie? It's got nothing to do with his guitar skills. But I will say this, though. But but all I got to say, and, and, and I'm just going to leave it like this, eruption. Yep, that's right. What take that eruption? cigarette, take that cigarette or that joint and put it at the end and play, oh, the, and play eruption. Yep. And watch that crowd for eight <clears> minutes, eight, ten minutes. It's, and, you can't and, beat that. And Purple Rain not only shows Prince, but it shows another great musician for that time, which was Morris Day. Right, correct. You there was, who, did, you, did y'all mm-hmm. listen to Morris Day in Canada ever? No, I knew you'd say that. It's kind of like your bluegrass guy. I had no idea who he was talking about. So there was another guy that a friend of mine. We argue a lot on here, do you know? <laughs> but you know what we haven't done? We haven't been politically incorrect. So Nancy Pelosi, you're a cunt. So I there we, are now. we can agree on that. <laughs> Derek Trucks. Oh, are you kidding? He's probably He's one a, of my favorite guitar players yeah. of all time. Derek Trucks is? Absolutely. Really? Absolutely. And I guess he was his, a prodigy. Like his, he was solo, years old. his solo in Midnight in Harlem is one of my is maybe my all-time 
favorite guitar solo? I don't know that I've heard that one. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not. I'll tell you another. Tedeschi Trucks Band. That was in 2010, right? Midnight in Harlem. Yeah. That solo, I could listen to that guitar solo. Like I love. Yeah, he was good. I love slide guitar. Mm-hmm. He is. One, he is one of the greatest. Did you, know he, part, did you know he was part of the Almond Brothers? Yeah. Yeah, back in 99. Yeah, and he was like 12 he was, he whenever he prodigy. joined that one. Yeah. yeah, he was. He was he he's said, a badass. Live, actually, live on e Actually, I got to open for him with my bluegrass band. Wow. I got to open for Tedeschi Trucks Band at the Toronto Jazz Fest. That's crazy. And I'm, you want to talk about eccentric? <laughs> He is, he is, yes. So there you go, there's your eccentric he's very, one. He's very quiet and very eccentric. Which one am I looking for here? Is Midnight in Harlem. Uh, I mean, li- I don't know, but E-Town? I don't know if it's the live version. It's probably the recorded version, but. Okay, well, I'll just do Midnight in Harlem. So yeah, I don't know if he would, uh, yeah. I mean, I'm sure he probably plays, yeah, that second one down. And there's a guitar solo in here? It's one of my favorite guitar solos of all time. Oh, we're going to have to. Get past get that. I'm glad your sh- your search engines have changed from the last time we did one of these. Well, that's no shit, Jeff. You never know what you're going to have to search. This is also just a great song. I don't know that I've ever heard it. This is one of my favorite songs ever. I don't know. Let me see if I can find out when the guitar solo I was going to say what minute is it. Yeah. yeah. So we don't have to do. Or maybe you could just type in guitar solo. Yeah, maybe I could probably do that. That'd be the easiest. Yeah. Right? There it is, right there. We'll see him play it live. There you go. That's my that's that that's my jam. That's what I like to do. Is that him? Yeah. Yeah. He's not Eddie Van Halen. He's pretty good. Yeah, Van Halen's still better for sure. But he was 12 years old whenever I guess he started with the Almond Brothers. He was a young kid. Yeah. What a talented individual. That does. That 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 kind of thing it it gets me going. I mean his Yeah. We gotta Yeah. We got <clears throat> Y'all have been you, just go listen to the recorded version, that guitar solo. I gotta go uh pick up my kid here in a minute and when I'm on the way. I think we gotta I'll, go kill uh, some stuff here I'll soon. To it. Yeah. I appreciate y'all being on here. Yeah. Wonderful. Y'all appreciate go see your YouTube. What's your site or your um, it's just Megan Patrick, M-E-G-H-A-N, Patrick, um, Meg Patrick Music on Instagram and Twitter, and yeah. Brandon? Brandon Bang Music. And Bangtail Whiskey. Bangtail Whiskey. Thank y'all for listening to us. God bless y'all. Have a great day. Oh, there it is. Had to find the button. <coughs> all right, ladies and gentlemen, go check out all of our wonderful sponsors. Check out Bangtail Whiskey. Check out Shin Gear Waiters, Steak Plains Meats, Pacific Calls. Die Bomb Industries, Boss Shot Shield, Dirty Duck Coffee, Lucky Duck, uh, Goose Creek Retrievers, Gun Dog Outdoors, Looking Glass Duck Club, Eyesight Drones, and Stampin' Hunt Outfitters.